Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to Queer and Married. Where we celebrate life, love, and culture through a Black queer lens. My name is Miller, and my pronouns are they, them. My name is Rashi, and my pronouns are she, her. You can follow us on Instagram, at Queer and Married. And shop our lingerie store at the Temptress Boudoir. Don't forget, you can catch all of our episodes online at www.queerandmarried.com. And you can also catch us on all your favorite streaming platforms. Enjoy. Peace. You caught me. You tease me. You please me. You school me. Give me some things to think about. Ignite me. Philly version. I, I think that this, right. this uh, that vibe right there is real smooth. Yeah. Is that a live performance? Yeah, oh, it's from yeah. her solo in Paris. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, her voice is just so, so, so rich. Yeah, yeah. super sexy. Super sexy. Yeah. So, just like your uh, little situation you got going on today. I got a situation on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, I've been having so much fun. Just this weekend, just like trying on new merch from the store and like taking pictures. It's like my life dream. Y'all, she got me out here feeling like I'm a whole ass photographer. Because you are. Because you, you are. You're <laughs> phenomenal. I mean, I think that you're an amazing muse, though. Mm. You know, and you make it real easy to like create said art, baby. you know. So thank you. There's that. So I, I appreciate the, uh, the canvas. Thank you. Is that what the photographers say? I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to go with it. I like it. I like the way it sounds. Yeah. Makes me want to give you a kiss. Mm, um, well, but... you should. Don't hold back the sugar. <laughs> <Shoot>. <laughs> hold on now. Mm. So, um, I, so we were playing around with like new pieces and stuff from the lingerie store. I've got on this like full body harness situation. That's y'all. She be, wearing the hell out of this thing. Okay? I look. I'm so happy right now. Like I don't know. Adorning in lingerie is just like it's the thing. This is, is truly. That your happy place? It is really one of my happy places. Like if I could just be in lingerie all the time, just because like getting coffee. In the garden, I don't even have a garden, but just like if I had one, <laughs> not I'd, yet, not yet. I hello, <laughs> yes, manifest. Come on, it's not coming, yet. Okay, I am planting the seed to have my own luscious garden. I want to have my own flower. Okay, yeah. um, and so, um, but you know, just just being able to wear it, it just feels so nice, and um, I I'm really loving like the pieces that we're selecting and. You know, the lace and the fishnet and the harnesses because they're so breathable, you know, as opposed to being lingerie. so constricted. Yeah, and, and it like feeling like you got sucking in your stomach, you got to hold this, you got to hold that. Like and it's you just, just slid into a condom or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> yes, like you slid into a condom because apparently sliding into condoms are uncomfortable. It's just a tight, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> It's, it's anyway, a what? It's a tight what, baby? It's a tight situation. It's a tight situation. All the way around the box. All the way. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. I'm so <laughs> no done. Anyway, the, so you're, but I mean, you make it appear to be very, it looks very comfortable. It does. You don't seem to be like squinting and I don't see you like fidgeting with stuff, maybe pinching in areas. Mm-hmm. And so um, no, this, this, this is little really full nice. body situation is nice. I love it. So we like introduced the harness, which you all probably saw in our stories on Instagram. And then it's also in the link tree. So if you want to know what we're talking about and like get in on the goodies, you can shop our store um, from the link tree on our Instagram page. It's also uh, the temptressboudoir.com. Um, and so it's boudoir. Yeah, boudoir. 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
and boudoir just means a woman's sitting room but that's like historically what it means but yeah. we're changing it to just like a femme resting room a place to just you know adorn and feel decadent and feel luscious and you know it's just all about celebrating the divine femme and so um i am you know I really loved. We shipped off some orders this weekend, and like we got new packaging for. I and was just, I was like, so I mean, excited. Oh my gosh! Like this one in packaging, y'all. It's been hilarious to watch because Listen. it's like. I, but I really love the way you like light up and you know and just finding the thing that that makes you feel good about being able to put these pieces together and you know so we're like literally like hand shipping and hand wrapping things and so um that's that's been an interesting process to like develop and see how that goes so but this this gold this little gold wrap and and hot pink bow tie (laughs) lord it's so nice. It's cute. I love it. It I really love it so is. Much. It's I'm, cute. I'm, I'm excited for the to, delicates. For the delicates, um, I'm really excited. And we we like want to know if you've gotten something from the store. Like you don't have to send us a picture of you in it, but if you do, like that's okay. cool too. Hello, we're here for it. Um, but also, like if you want to just let us know that you purchased something from the store, like we would love to share that with other folks. And um, we're just really grateful to you know have yeah. Tell us how you feel. Like, yeah, tell us how you pieces, feel. How the pieces make you feel. Yeah. You know what your thoughts are. Like we really appreciate that. I mean, and we you know had to ship an order all the way to Australia. Australia. And so that's like exciting and oh, also man. just like the whole customs process. Like every time we have to do an international order at the post office, we always forget the damn customs yes. form. And so we're like moseyed up to the touch, front of the line after waiting for y'all know how the post office is after waiting. And then we get this like, oh yeah, you're not done yet. But and we're like. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. 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 We're just gonna step over. To, right. To get our place back in line <laughs> because, but um, we so you'll you'll see it's like we post like selfies of us in literally in the post office yes. real time. But it's taking so fun. Pictures. But it's super fun. So we appreciate all the support. Um, we you know thank you for thank you for your business. Thank you for um supporting us. And why are you taking off your clothes? What's happening? I'm not. A, I... <laughs> Oh, it untied. Oh, this untied. I see. Oh, this is my. This is something different. I thought it was like um the summertime video when someone like bust open the top of the uh, <laughs> your halter. That's, and now what, it, like, that's <laughs> what it felt like. <laughs> I mean, I'm not like opposed to the situation. Me but I'm neither. Just like, Me okay, neither. this is uh, not what I expected. Not what we happen. either expected. Right. But okay, well, there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway. So, um, and also I randomly took a picture in a t-shirt that read, the t-shirt read gender shifter. And, um, the response to said t-shirt was amazing. It's and, been so dope. Yeah. So I really appreciate like everybody who's kind of like reached out and someone was like, yo, like gender shifter is about to be like words that are added to my vocabulary. And, you know, I think in everything that we do, um, one of the premises or one of the principles that we build upon is for people to feel seen, for people yeah. to feel heard, for people to feel seen, for people to be affirmed and yeah. and, and who they are, yeah. you know, and for their wholeness and their authenticity authenticity to be uh, received and, and treasured and celebrated. And so um, the gender shifter, you can also grab from uh, our website and uh, it's, it's, I, I'm y'all. I'm shy. I'm I'm just working through this thing. But um, it's 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 a t-shirt line, and it's our our t-shirt line from yeah. the Dandy Studio. And you know we use Dandy, and the definition of Dandy is like a man who is unduly devoted to like style, fashion, blah blah blah. And I'm like, first of all, you don't have to be a man. You can be a person. Yes. And so it's a person who is unduly devoted to, you know, getting dressed, fashion, style. Yes. And these t-shirts are just little messages and little expressions that allow for anyone. Dandy tees for everybody is kind of the tag that I'm going with. So yes. you know, anybody can, uh, everybody should have the opportunity to feel good about themselves yeah. and feel affirmed. And so these are like a messages and affirming, you know, identity reclamations and just we getting in this thing. I so if you're a gender shifter, shout out to all my gender shifters shout out, out there. Shout out to the gender shifters. You know what I'm saying? Come through, come grab yeah. yourself a t-shirt, wear this, wear this thing with pride. Matter of fact, the whole crew should wear one. 
Yes. You feel me? So, yes. um, but anyway, shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> uh, that's how our weekend went. So, like, you know, running these e-commerce businesses and just figuring it out one way or another and um, just trying to just build build these things together. Yes. And so, anyway, this week we're going to be talking about... Uh, why are you smiling at me like that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm running out of that. No, you're fine. You're fine. It's okay. Like, that's what we've been Ooh. talking a lot about, like, you know, working through our nerves around talking about the things that we do. Yeah. And, you know, and just, and, and being able to bring honesty, which I think is really great as we start to shift into this conversation around grudges and forgiveness. But it's really about being honest about exactly where you are right now in the moment, bringing that into the space and not feeling like you have to kind of shape shift or contort in order to like be seen and to be present. You know, we yeah, or try to like make yourself be you want to be perceived in a certain way. Right. And so therefore you find yourself like you know, as you said, like shape shifting and, mm-hmm. and contorting and, and finding and being this like persona yeah. more than actually being a person. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So being invested in, in who you actually are and owning what it is that you're actually feeling. And yeah. so And valuing really... valuing presence over perfection. Hey. Every time. Presence hey. over perfection. And so I love, you know, just watching you kind of work through that and work through that language. And you know, I'm I mean and you've literally the the thing is like Miller is the language person for everyone. And so um, you know, I, I've watched you literally take people's ideas and help them translate them. Um, you're a bridge builder and a translator. And so you've Thank done you. that within my business and helped me to stop shrinking when I walk in rooms to talk about, you know, um, helping women reconnect back to their bodies and that being integral to their sense of aliveness. Like, you know, while I was getting to that language prior to us meeting, it definitely was something that I was shrinking and saying, especially when I would get into certain spaces. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, I think it's just like, it's it's really nice to like witness you like kind of walking through that and then like bringing that honesty into this space well, as well. You. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's definitely challenging to, um, uncertainty is challenging. Yes. You know, and and having that, space and and wanting to find that space and also wanting something to be successful mm-hmm. and being courageous enough to say like no I actually want this thing to work I want it to be yeah. successful I want to yeah. win at this I want to be great at this like that to 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 actually honestly put that out into the universe is a very for some people is very difficult and mm-hmm. and when it's yours and yours alone you know or you feel like your family is riding on that like that that just adds a different layer to it so um, but you're, but you're right. You know, sometimes you just got to take the pressure off and just be honest about and present in the space of where you are. And so, um, the dandy yeah. studio is just a little baby and I'm, I'm, you know, wanting not to be a hover parent over <laughs> it. <laughs> and, um, but I love, I love me a good graphic tee, you know, and I love, I love things that have messages of meaning. And so I just want it to be a meaningful experience mm-hmm. and for people to feel good about themselves and not feel like they have to be someone else or something else in order to exist in this world. So, um, amen to that. So anyway, (laughs) we're going to get into these, uh, talking about these grudges. So first of all, um, I definitely thought when we were going to, when we were talking about doing grudges, Mm -hmm. I definitely were like, Oh God, like, is, are there grudges between us? (laughs) We need to like real time workout. We need to talk about. We gonna do this on air, y'all. <laughs> and five, four. Oh my god. Oh god. Wouldn't that be? That's, that's a disaster. That's a disaster. So, first of all, like if we could just give a tip to like all the couples out there, like you don't have to air your business like that. Like mm-hmm. you can just, you know, process privately Mm -hmm. and then if there's something that you choose to share with your audience and who you are and and the people that you're speaking to your friends family whoever then then do so um but sometimes i think that like the world and society just makes you feel like you got to give everything all the time in order to be considered like authentic or you know whatever it's just like what like that doesn't even make sense yeah you know Um, you have to be you have to have you have to have time where you 
are able to like hold the lesson or hold the thing yes. just like close to your heart so that you can be the only voice that's like, you know, within it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And letting your own like flowing through your own energy. Yeah. Essentially. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And letting that be the way that you process and learn. And then as the lesson has been learned, like it's past tense. Yeah. You know, then sometimes you can share it. But then also there are things that you can share real time too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's just It's just by having discernment about like Absolutely. where where is that where is Absolutely. that for you? You know, and just being mindful of like protecting your home, mm-hmm. you know, and protecting, you know, not overexposing yourself to the point where, you know, other people feel like they might have some type of one up on you, or you know, that especially level of entitlement. Like now, yeah, people entitled. They, to they give feel you, like they feel like they know something, you know? you know. And it's like, you know, like you don't I feel just like Kendrick Lamar miss me with that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't have to be. It's. I think it's like responsible vulnerability. Mm, and I, like I can't that. remember who I heard talking about that this week. I think it was like, what if we talked about. I have to find the meme, but it's like, what if we talked about, what if we were vulnerable, not for, no, I'm going to have to find it. Hold on, you guys. It's not going to take me long. Well, it could. <laughs> it very well could. Um, no, because I just posted this and I was like, yes. Oh, here it is. What if we were transparent about our own failures, not as some kind of performative vulnerability, but as an invitation to collectively destigmatize the messy process of lifelong learning. And that post that post is from Raquel Alea. I think I'm saying her last name right, but it's L A L A I A Raquel Alea. Um, and I'll just read that again. What if we were transparent about our own failures, not as some kind of performative mm. vulnerability, but as an invitation to collectively destigmatize the messy process of lifelong learning? That's a whole damn word. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, not like this whole, um, you know, look at me, look at me. I'm going through all of these horrible things, but it's like, yo, like... Life is messy. This is life, and not like and the the outside of the struggle Olympics. Like yes. you know what I'm saying? Oh my uh, life, my I'm going through so many more things than you're going through. No, it's... no, no. My trauma is so much deeper than yours. Like, <laughs> oh like, God, what are you talking no, 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 about? No, like I you mean, know, it's like... It's, it's like it's it's a, it's a responsible share. Yeah. Also, you know, yeah. and so being able to to navigate that, and so with that being said i think that sometimes that would also probably eliminate some of the grudges that people do hold on to Mm -hmm. and some of the ways that you know what i'm saying because they feel like the shame of that failure or the shame of that mistake is something that they can't forgive Mm -hmm. and so therefore they continue to hold on to that okay for so what for you Mm -mm. is what's like tell me talk to me about one of that one that you feel comfortable about of course um uh, I mean, Mama shared. So <laughs> one of you're the, not throwing it out I, there I like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> right, right. Talk to me about that one time. <laughs> you know uh, what? No, but like, tell me about a time or a, an experience that you had where you had a grudge, mm. and it took you a while to kind of navigate it. See, the thing is, in my mind, okay, I like to believe that I don't hold grudges, mm-hmm. right? I like to feel like I'm just, you know, I don't hold grudges. Mm-hmm. I either just stop dealing with you or keep it moving. But I guess that is the grudge. Like if I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm no longer dealing with you, then that's the grudge. Yeah. So I think, I think there's been, I think grudges that come up to me that are in my like thinking about things from maybe childhood, like mm-hmm. and not letting go of some of the things that occurred for example I talk a lot about my relationship with my father right Mm -hmm. and how we didn't meet until I was 16 and we Mm -hmm. literally met by way of me walking into an after hours club now (laughs) I'm not gonna get into the story here we'll talk about that another time but um long story short I met my father in an after hour club for the first time ever in life that I can recall and I think for a long time I held on very tightly to this notion that he abandoned me, he, mm. you know, did not 
um, want to own his responsibility as a father and that he transferred that burden onto my mom. And I felt like responsible for having to create some sort of life or be able to repay her for the debt that she had paid for having a child. Mm. And um, so I, you know, I had a lot of resentment. That grudge, I think, built a lot of resentment for me in, in my in dealing with and in navigating that relationship with my father. Mm-hmm. And it took a very long time for me to even refer to him as dad or mm-hmm. pops, which I call him pops now. But yeah. you know what I mean? It took a very long time for me to get to that point. Like I would literally just wait, you know, we'd be hanging out or whatever. And I would wait for him to look at me before I even talked to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and that's just a, such a strange dynamic. And I couldn't put my finger on what that was, but I think that that's one of the earliest grudges that I can, um, think of and then and I think another one is around my gender expression and sexuality mm-hmm. growing up in my household and having the backlash that I received from some of my family members particularly my grandmother around you know because you know she's since passed and so all this time I'm like who also passed away when I was 16 so 16 was such a strange year for me like I meet my father on one hand and then I lose who was a primary parent in my grandmother Mm -hmm. in that same year it's such a strange thing um so thinking about that and just how you know she was just adamantly against how I showed up in the world and Mm -hmm. you know and and I've went through a lot of cycles where I tried to process it and you know oh well or justify it well you know she was just afraid or she didn't want people to treat me poorly or whatever the case may be but the reality of the situation is if you are wanting to protect someone from harm you should not then inflict harm upon them right right you know so I think those are two grudges that that I can think of what about you it's funny that you mentioned both of those like concepts like one with your dad and then one with uh talking about like your gender and sexuality and because you know my earliest you know I have some that are like rooted more in my peers but Mm. within my family definitely kind of the same like my um my dad and I didn't have the greatest relationship but I was a daddy's girl um like you know like my mom used to always compare me to Hillary on Fresh Prince I'm so (laughs) daddy <laughs> daddy <laughs> so i thought that i thought that i found that to be funny and you know like in all of my this yearning and this longing that i had for him to be around yeah. in um a more tangible way mm. um and then when i got older and uh my dad my mom is christian and my dad is muslim and so i always say that god was really having a good time <laughs> when he created me um because you know i'm queer <laughs> it's like i mean well obviously you're listening to queer Mary, so i'm queer guys if you didn't know already um but like you know, and just like, you know and then I also have started calling myself spiritually non-monogamous. Which is hilarious. <laughs> On so many levels. So many levels. And I should also note, though, like, while my grandmother was vehemently against my my gender identity and sexuality, both of my biological parents are amazing. They yeah. are some of the most supportive people. They, you know, accept me and embrace me and love me for exactly who I am. They, you know, constantly check in on me and how I'm feeling. And so it, you know, I, I had that balance and I'm I'm forever grateful yeah. for those experiences because my mom, like, there was no coming out to her. It wasn't necessary. Yeah. My dad, there was no coming out to him. Like even when we met, you know, he like, oh okay, well this was that's what's up. That's, you know what I mean? Like, this is the program. So yeah. but anyway, I just I just wanted to note that because I think it's always we always hear these stories of like you know queer people not being accepted and I just don't want to like continue to perpetuate that idea but you mm-hmm. know the grudge the while bo- he was the, accepting the, the, the I, mean, fan. I ain't meet you till I was 16 yeah. bro so yeah. like <laughs> hello <laughs> like, you know um but like my when I came out to my dad to both my mom and my dad the responses weren't weren't great um they were really painful, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then I think um, my dad and I really went through a long road <laughs> after that of trying to, you know, find ways to stay connected and 
find ways to, you know, to talk. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, and I think that towards the end of his life, he really started to understand or I guess wanted to understand better, like, you know, why was it important? Mm. You know, having held... You know, he, I didn't come out to my dad until much later in my life. I was probably, like, I was in my early 20s. Oh, wow. Um, and then, um, but I came out to my mom when I was in high school. Okay. And so there's, like, a 10-year gap here. And so it was, like, negative response there. And then, like, that started to heal with my mom. And then I get to my dad, and it was a negative response also. So it was, like... Did it feel like a, a reopening of a wound It did. It, felt, mm. it, felt, it definitely felt like a... It just kind of blindsided me, you know what I mean? Mm. And especially have, after being very intentional about waiting so long to share, uh, I was really disappointed by that. And, you know, I, I I just got to a point where I'm like, you know, I can this. I think I was really getting into this place where I was starting to understand how you have to distance yourself from toxic family members. Mm-hmm. And which was, you know challenging because of how small our family already is and you know thinking about this idea of like literally having one parent that I just don't have a relationship to at all and also like thinking about the way that there's this within like particularly in black cultures like you need to forgive you know yeah you you know don't like especially around parents around your grandparents like and I'm like I and I remember adamantly telling my mom and she probably like still questions my sanity to this day But, like, I was just like, well, the thing is, if anyone else outside of this room had said or done these things to me in response to me sharing a part of myself very vulnerably with them, you Mm -hmm. all would tell me that, one, that they were abusive, Mm -hmm. and two, that I should not be dealing with this person. So why then, because it's my father, does that change? Right. And, you know, I said, while I love him and I respect him as my father, I have to be very, you know, I, I, I can't, I'm far past the place that I was when I first came out where other people's perceptions would shape shift it and, me influence, and yeah. influenced how I was going to show up in the world. And yeah, I just wasn't there anymore. And I, I told him very clearly, I'm like, you know, he, he wanted to just kind of breeze past it. Like, okay, well, you know, that happened and we just move on. Like, it's not that big of a deal I'm like well it really is you know like if you can't accept me or you know or or, or create have some type of empathy and understanding of me um you know that affects so many areas of my life my queerness doesn't isn't just like relegated to the bedroom you know what I mean it it affects like how I'm gonna have a family who I'm gonna marry how I'm gonna raise my children my politics you know like all of these different assets aspects of my life and then that means that that's just one more area that you can't be involved in because you bring harm into that space Mm. and um you know so we really didn't you know, have much of a relationship after that, you know, but I remember, um, like a week before he passed, like, I I think I was talking to you just about this recently, like he called and, you know, he was just like, and I, I had no idea. I knew that he wasn't feeling well, but I, I really didn't know that he was, um, a good and ready to make his transition, but he was just like, you know, I love you. Like, and I, I, he was never, he never held back on telling me how much he loved me. Um, which I appreciate because, yeah. you know, now as an aunt, like as one of my answers, I, sometimes I feel like I can, you know, I definitely hear his voice, you know, and like can, I'll hear his voice and I'm walking into like a gas station or something like, and I'm yeah. like, what's going on? Like, who's that? Like some of this man was like yelling at the clerk, like, what's your nationality? And I'm like, <laughs> dad? Like, what is going on? Because my dad was quick to ask, like, the doctor, the nurse, like, anybody, like, what their nationality was and, like, you know, what they were doing with their life and who they thought they were and, you know, did they know who he was, (laughs) you know. Um, But I really had to, I'm glad that at the very least, you know, whenever I hear people you know, talking about like not wanting to talk to their parents or not even being willing to have, you know, there's a difference between conversations, I think, of like, of uh, 
forgiveness and reconciliation. Mm. You know, and reconciliation takes the work of two people. Ain't that the truth? You know? Yeah, that's the truth. But forgiveness is a gift that we offer ourselves, you know, to be able to move on with our lives in such a way that we're not mentally stuck repeating the action of what happened in the middle of a transgression. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, that's that girl. That's a whole word. Right there. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, we and we often get get wrapped up in this whole idea of whether or not we're going to forgive. And, you know, the whole expression around forgive and forget and et cetera. But I love the way that you put that around the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. You know, and I think that that's part of being able to determine how you're going to be able to move through and let go of a grudge, Mm -hmm. you know, and determining like, and I think particularly like in um, personal relationships, whether it be romantic or platonic, when you decide, when you forgive someone and then it's the extra step of what that reconciliation is going to look like based on how you're able to communicate with the with that other person mm-hmm. and determine like here's you know this is what happened this is how it made me feel how can we move forward i think are the next yeah. things to determine what that work is going to look like what are here? the boundaries here you know what i mean yeah. because obviously when a girl most of the time when a grudge unless somebody's just being petty you know um when a grudge formulates, it's because of a boundary violation. Yeah. Yeah. Plain and simple, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so how do you, how do you navigate that? So like, what, what do you, what are some of the ways, so when you think about that, like what about in personal relationships? Like how would you navigate reconciling a grudge or do you like, first yeah. of all, like, you know, Well, I think, I think that like, I've, I've kind of had the same experience as you, like Either we work through it and, you know, we find a way to, like, continue to talk or I just, I stop dealing with you. And, I mean, you know, not that I'm necessarily proud of it, but there are some people that I've just cut off and just literally, I mean, it's almost like, and and try to, like, erase my life of whatever presence they might have had, you know. And I know that in some ways that's necessary and useful in some cases, and like in the most extreme of cases, but I can also see where that for me becomes, um, you know, where it becomes like a defense mechanism oh, and yeah, you're not sure. able to like work through small, small violations or, or unwilling or, to, or, or and unwilling to yeah. work through small violations or I don't even know if violations is the right word, but like small, small acts that may have created a sense of discomfort mm-hmm. that if go, if they go unaddressed could then lead to a violation, you know, and you know, it's so funny that you say that because I think about, um, an article that I once read about, landmines in a relationship yeah and it talks about how when you use the analogy of sweeping things under the rug Mm -hmm. right and so if you have two people standing across the room and there's a rug in between them and there's a a a disagreement or a discrepancy and they just sweep it under the rug Mm -hmm. and they continue to sweep it up under the rug next thing you know instead of you having a smooth path to be able to walk across now it's just lumpy Mm -hmm. and you have all of these different things and when you step on one it becomes a trigger or a landfill and this, mm. you know, and then it blows up into this whole thing where, you know, now because someone, this is, I think, also spilling into not crying over spilled milk. Well, when people are frustrated and yell to the top of their lungs because someone spilled milk, it's not the milk that they're upset about. Right. It's the other thing that they didn't address. The mm-hmm. other thing that went, you know, un, unspoken about or unresolved. Mm-hmm. And now this is the thing that is prominent. So that's the thing that I can now lash out about you know and yeah. I think that that happens a lot in space and so the courage that is needed in order to say hey like I didn't like the way you spoke to me or I didn't like how that made me feel mm-hmm. you know and being honest enough to be able to or as you always say talking about this radical honesty being honest about how you actually felt and owning the whatever that conversation is after that because just because you felt that way while your feelings are valid that doesn't necessarily mean that that was the intention or 
the reality of the situation. It's right. just the perception of what has occurred. Right. You know? And I I love that you said, like, having the courage to be able to say, like, this made me uncomfortable mm-hmm. or this hurt my feelings or mm-hmm. I didn't like the way this, 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 this transpired, you know? And I think the immediate thing that came to mind was like, well, what is the thing that stops people from being able to speak up about things like that. I think it's the fear of loss is greater than the desire for gain. Okay. People fear losing that friend, fear losing that relationship, yeah. fear losing, you know, whatever that, you know, companionship, partnership, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. And 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 they don't and the gain is uncertain. Mm-hmm. What I'm what's going to come from this is uncertain. Yeah. You know, and so people automatically latch onto the idea of, well, if I say something, I'm going to upset this person. It's going to result in this yeah. huge conflict. And then now, now what? Yeah. When I could have just swallowed it. I could have just ate it and got over it on my mm-hmm. own. And, you or know. Put, put, kept pinning it down like I've done everything else. Mm-hmm. And so that goes into normalizing being able to bring your concerns to the table yes. as a safe place. Mm-hmm. Especially like within your marriage or within your friendships Uh or within your family. Because like we talked about at the very beginning, so much of, you know, specifically within black culture, a lot of what we've seen our parents and our parents' parents and, and their parents navigate is this having to be silent in order to survive, Mm. you know? And if we are, you know, so that's kind of like a generational thing that just lives within us. And so we have to be very, well, we have to be cognizant that that's kind of the battle that we're up against. And as we're cognizant of that, we can work to unlearn that within our interpersonal dynamics and, 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 you know, bit by bit, you know, finding ways to say, you know, maybe it's like having conversations on a certain day or like, you know, having a set time to be able to, you know, come together to talk about like things that need to be sorted out from the weeks past or, you know, writing it down or, you know, something, but just like getting creative about, you know, one, realizing that you're not alone in that and it's not something that you're just navigating by yourself. Like it's a cultural and generational thing that we're all trying to kind of move around and unlearn, but then also, you know, being diligent about wanting to shift yeah being diligent about wanting to exist in a new reality where being able to speak up about the things that make you uncomfortable or the things that have harmed you or the things that have hurt you is normal and and it's safe to do so because i think when we're when we normalize that we also normalize being able to receive love in those spaces as opposed to being further rejected or Mm -hmm. isolated or harmed even more Mm -hmm. because we've, you know, spoken up about what we need or what we want in that space. Yeah, I I agree with that, particularly in, in a way that says, you know, here's how we're going to do it. And I think that how, like a lot of people carry that weight as it's something that you have to do in a silo or you have to do in secrecy or you have to do, you know, without support. And so I think some of these things, you touched on a few things. One, understanding what the, what the relationships were that you witnessed and, and where these behaviors were learned you know, on what relationships were like for you as you grew up Mm -hmm. and what examples you had of those types of relationships Mm -hmm. and navigating that. Um, And then thinking about what types of tools for support would be beneficial, you Mm -hmm. know, things like therapy and what types of therapy, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, individual or collective, you know, finding mediators in the space, having those restorative conversations and being able to know how, how to even organize that in a way that is both parties can be receptive to that, to be able to have a like conflict resolution, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And that's not something that people, even in professional spaces, that's still a challenge, yeah. you know? Um, and so I think just finding the different ways to be able to identify what the issue is, is one part of it, but then also finding what the tools are and being willing 
to do the work because yeah. it's not just a matter of having one conversation and it's done. And then that's done. That's not that's not healing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And healing is a consistent journey. It's something that is continuous. It, it's not, you know, it, it, there's no completion. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not a, you can't see a benchmark of that and being like, okay, well, that's done. I'm healed. Gone. It's a, it's a, it's a daily choice. And something I love that Esther Perel, who's an, uh, an uh, intimacy and sexuality educator and she's also a therapist and an author where she talks about this idea of like you know this whole concept of relationships being easy is something that trips a lot of couples up Mm. these relationships take work you know it takes work to stay connected it takes work to Mm -hmm. stay open to stay courageous to stay you know in this space of passion It, it takes work to do those things and normalizing the fact that it's not easy you know you're mm-hmm. two human beings with two totally different histories two totally different backgrounds experiences etc mm-hmm. you know coming together to create something that is bigger than yourself yeah i mean and i think if you even take it a take it like even moving it out of out of a relationship like nobody would ever say to lebron like we you know he's like one of the greatest players if not the greatest player in basketball right and basketball seems to come very easy to him, mm. but he still is practicing how many hours a week? Mm. Yes, you know? right, exactly. I mean, you're exactly. You, know, you, you're wouldn't, working you out. wouldn't expect him to like go out there and win championships, and he didn't practice. You know, like he's not. I mean, he's working out. He's you know, yeah. going to practice. Like yeah, to do something that he's obviously extremely good at yeah. already. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that relationships work. The same way. And so when you want to, if you're going to be able to release a grudge or release an ill feeling or if you, you know, getting out of this space of, of settling on I'm fine or I feel some type of way. Well, OK. Yeah. You know, I said it to you. I was like, what? What, what is, does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> so, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, you definitely checked me this week. I was like, it you was like, you was like <laughs> what's wrong? I was like, I'm fine. You was like, I thought we said that we weren't going to settle on I'm fine. I'm like, when did we decide that? <laughs> So of course y'all know I had to pull out the receipts. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, excuse me, on September first, you know, like, you know, but it was a moment for me. I'm just like, why am I wanting to like hold in this space of like discomfort or agitation instead mm-hmm. of just being able to say like, and I mean it was something so petty. I was like, I was just impatient. Like I was really just yeah. like, you know, wanting to get started with what we were doing, and it just seemed like it was taking much longer than we had planned, and I was just annoyed. You know what yeah. I mean? But just like this And of simple- course because I like worship the ground that you walk on. Whatever. Whenever your whenever whatever. your breathing pattern changes. You know I'm what? Just, I just I'm fall so in done. Just- <laughs> Don't even. Don't even. Don't believe the hype, guys. You know what? Don't believe it. But but I do think that, you know, and I and I hope that I am as gracious as you were when, you know, when the next time I try to tell you I'm fine and you say to me <laughs> I thought we weren't settling on fine, you know, yes. because I think it's so easy in a relationship. Yeah. Where I'm fine. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. And it's like, and it's like a wall. It, yeah. It's a wall. And I, and, and I think and a barrier that is that, that, that builds and adds to it's a, it's, it, 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 it's, it's a resentment block. Mm-hmm. It it just adds another block to the wall of resentment. Yeah. And and, and eventually and you end up boxing yourself in mm-hmm. and shielding yourself away from the the actual nurture and care and concern that you that you want. That I you mean, desire. We're we're humans. For. Like we yeah. we are a belonging species. We are a interconnected species. That's yeah. that, that's what we thrive from. Yeah. So I, I was I was reading I was actually listening to an audio book recently and um she was talking about like we fear forgiveness because in our by our ego in the spiritual sense forgiveness makes us appear to be weak Mm. and I'm like it was just like the reminder that I needed it was like yeah you know because sometimes you start battling with yourself like well if I let this go 
then what? How mm-hmm. am I going to protect myself? How am I going to, you know, look out for myself? Or how do I know it's not going to happen again? And it's like, you know, being able to take the risk, one, to love again. And we'll have to go maybe deeper into this, mm. uh, you know, in another episode. But just like understanding that there's a, there's a, um, a spiritual, a metaphysical text, and it says, in my defenselessness, my safety lies. Mm. And I used to be like, what? If I'm defenseless, I can't, I can't fight back. I can't clap back. But if I realize, like, if I, re- if I feel that I have no reason to clap back, mm. if I feel I have no reason to fight back, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, obviously not in the extreme sense of, of the of this of this statement, but like, if I feel that these things, like, I if I find myself to be uh, unaffected by like attack, right? Mm-hmm. When you what have your re- spiritual armor intact, what what, what reason? Saying? What yeah. reason do I have to? be to to start to guard myself in that way yeah, you don't gotta jump I, out of your body in order to be able to make your point or to, right. or to get it across like i find can, a sense yes. of peace i find a sense of joy i find a sense of rest I'm trying to tell when you. i find myself or allow myself to be defenseless i'm trying to tell you like peace of mind is a real bag yes Yes, it Straight is. Up. Yes, it is. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, not and and let me be very clear. Defenseless, not in the sense of uh, cowering in the corner. Yeah, no. Defenseless in the means of like you don't have to pull out the armor in order. Defenseless to Defenseless of over defensive or over defensive. You know what I'm saying? Right. Defenseless versus defensive. Right. And those are the things that you know what I'm saying because when you think about it in a in a conflict, once you become defensive, then you just lashing out and lashing mm-hmm. back and clapping back and it's and it's more about getting your point across and being right than it is about creating a, the space of understanding and reconciliation. Yes. And reconciliation takes both people. Hello. Thank you you can't be out here trying to reconcile. <laughs> you can't reconcile by yourself. You just can't. <laughs> that that is solely the process of forgiveness, which is, you know, which is for you and so and understanding the difference of those two. Yeah. So that's Damn girl, yeah. <laughs> this is good. I like that. that I was like good. That. We have the we um we just found our physical copy of All About Love. It's over here. Um, by Bell Hooks, and I feel like I don't know why, but I feel like something from this is might come up okay. next week. But um, oh, I because I, I like read just a little piece of this, and it was talking about like, you know, the need to dominate Mm. you know what i mean the need to have some sense of dominance in a in a loving relationship eradicates the possibility for love you know and it's like so when we what does holding a grudge actually do for you Mm -hmm. you know what does it what what type of power are you trying to retrieve in a space or in a relationship by holding, mm-hmm. you know, unforgiveness in your heart, by holding, you know, a need to be dominant or a need to overpower in that way. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you gain from that? Mm, not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. It's like when they say that's like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. Right. Shit don't make sense. It don't make sense. It don't add up. And it's, and it's hard to kind of, it's hard to, to, you know, see it that way in the moment, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's about having the willingness to slow down and be present, right? Because we have to put the relationships that we're building ahead of the, you know, just the need to be able to move on. Yeah. And understanding like sometimes when you, when it's time to reconcile versus being right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I yeah. think that's something that for me, I'm constantly trying to work on, you know, is when I can just allow for the reconciliation to take place and not be so focused on being right or stating the facts or mm-hmm. being so literal in the in the in the process. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And and trying to outthink whatever the the problem is you know from a logic standpoint if you allow for room because i also think in reconciliation emotion has to be involved you have to allow for your authentic emotion and to be able to feel yes yes or 
you know, because if all you're doing is thinking about all the reasons why you're actually right Mm -hmm. and all the reasons why, you know, this was a wrongdoing and all the reasons why, all the reasons of all the reasons, Mm -hmm. then reconciliation is going to always be something that is an afterthought. Yeah. And I think like, and going back to that book I was talking about, um, the audio book, um, it, it, it talks about like forgiveness being a willingness, like, to see the other person with a sense of purity mm. in spirit, mm-hmm. like in like in the spiritual sense, mm-hmm. so that you can one like if you have to hold someone else as uh, in their shadow, it's almost kind of like a, a some sort of projection, mm. right? You know, like I have to I. I can hold you and continue to throw these these darts of blame, mm. you know, at you because I'm trying to like I, I find something within myself that I also needs to be punished, mm-hmm. like projection. It's yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. But it's like if I, you know, it's like if you think about unforgiveness as literally you see yourself across the shooting range, like that's the best example I can get, and you're like continuously throwing the darts or shooting the gun, but you're shooting it at yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because you're at the the longer you hold on to the unforgiveness this doesn't mean that you have to reconcile with that person and all situations don't necessarily you know allow for people to practice forgiveness or people aren't there yet or that may not be your process right. you may and not I think that you there know are extreme like cases that uh, that you know when when there are certain types of levels of toxicity and harm and etc those are extreme cases right. of that where the reconciliation is not and that I mean, a part of it where the forgiveness may be not part of the journey. Right. But what I think what you're saying is that there's a the, the healing process that's necessary for you to be able to move on. Right. Is not necessarily continuing to hold right. all of that. Right. And to continue to allow for that to eat at you mm-hmm. in a way that and becomes harmful and that. detrimental to yourself. Right. And replaying that or seeing your life through the lens of yeah. like almost being stuck in that point of time and, and that thing being the only way you can interpret, you know, and just being willing to do whatever that work is so that you can get back to a place where, you know, you feel where you're whole whole and you feel open and you feel receptive to being able to receive the love that is around you. I think that's amazing. You got anything else you want to add to this thing? No, no, I think that's good. baby. Thank you for that. No, thank y'all. Thank y'all yeah. for listening. Yeah, we appreciate um, y'all. Um, so tell us, how do you let go of grudges and and practice forgiveness in your your relationship? What are what are some of the things or the lessons that you found useful or helpful over the years that has allowed for you to continue to love and be loved on? We want to hear from you. Yeah. So care. send send us an email. Drop us a comment. Let us know your thoughts. Peace. Peace, y'all. Hey, thank y'all again for checking in with us. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Queer and Married. And you can find me at Rashida Conbay Miller. And I'm at Remix Your Style. We want you all to visit our website at www.queerandmarried.com. There you're going to find links to all the dope things that we got planned for y'all. So you got our VIP list, which will keep you up to date on upcoming podcasts, questions that we have for you all as our listeners, upcoming events that we're thinking about. And then you'll also find links to our stores the temptress boudoir which is a lingerie store and the dandy studio our graphic tea store don't forget to like share comment and leave a review on all your favorite streaming platforms we'll check in with y'all later peace Peace.